0: Nathan Rogers here with MMA Futures. I'm here joined with Matt Bentley um, here on Caged Chaos, where we want to talk about all things MMA, all things combat sports every week. Um, Matt, we got some big events coming up this weekend. Um, let's start. Let's start off. Let's talk a little bit about uh, tonight's event. What's going on tonight? Uh, you got the the bare knuckle fighting
1: championship. Paige VanZant is making the jump from MMA and the UFC banner over to bare knuckle fighting, and I, I, you, I mean. What do you say about it? You know, uh, you got this violent Barbie doll that's going to head out there tonight and uh, try and put a stamp on things and, and kind of embark on a completely different career. I
0: mean, let's talk a little bit about the fact that Paige Van Zandt went over to, to bare knuckle after, you know, really not being able to cut in the UFC. Um... You know, why do you think she made that choice? Do you think it's strictly a money thing? Do you think is she wants to prove that she's not just not a pretty face? What what do you think her motivation behind doing that is? Well, she kind of she kind of played herself sideways a little bit with the UFC
1: because she she chose to instead of signing the new deal that the UFC presented her, she decided that she was going to fight that last fight on her contract and try and renegotiate the deal. Um, she has obviously made some ventures outside with Dancing with the Stars and. Some ad revenues type stuff that she'd been doing, um, so she she saw her worth as a representative for the UFC, not just a fighter for the UFC, and I think that's kind of where that came from, why that decision happened, um, and then obviously it, it didn't go her way in that last fight. You know, she got beat pretty quick, and, and Dana White just said, hey, you know you you rolled the dice, you know, and and so uh, what options did she have? Bellator would have snapped her up in a heartbeat. And I, I really wish she would have went that route. Um, I think it would have been a good signing for the Bellator Women's Division. And I think it would have been good for Paige Van Zant. It would have kept her in the mainstream. She would have been on every single main card. She wouldn't have been stuck on the prelims somewhere making no money. Um, and instead, she's going to go do bare-knuckle boxing. And, and you know, the people that choose to do bare-knuckle boxing, and this is coming from a professional
0: MMA fighter, mm. uh, uh You guys are nuts. You guys are crazy. (laughs) Well, I mean, and Paige Van Van Zandt from the jump has been a pretty interesting story because she was a really hot thing on the regional circuit before she got into the UFC. They did they did that one fifteen. Ultimate fighter, yeah. and everybody's wondering why she wasn't there. And the reason why she wasn't there is because she wasn't old enough to drink, and mm-hmm. they want you to consume lots of alcohol oh, yeah. on Ultimate Fighter. Make an asshole out of yeah. yourself, yeah. But they very quickly brought her into the UFC once they did introduce that 115 division. Sure. Um, you know, she was at best a 500 fighter while she was in the UFC um but she made all the headlines i mean she's very much on that um celebrity of fighter and the page in I mean, the same a, pages as a lot of other people are
1: yeah man she's a she's a pretty face you know what i'm saying and um you know in in a combat sport where you got the uh, cyborg santosis uh you know a pretty face will go a long way mm-hmm. as far as as far as making money
0: so what so depending regardless of how tonight goes sure. does paige van Zandt stay in bare knuckle does she move on is she done fighting after this what do you kind of predict happening after this
1: i don't know if she moves on but i think her nose moves from the left to the right you know i mean i think it's it's uh bare knuckle is a very violent sport i don't think i've seen a bare knuckle fight that uh somebody didn't come out of bloody mess you know um and uh i think that she is very much into her celebrity Mm -hmm. she's very much into being an instagram sensation Mm -hmm. and uh i don't see this working out too well for her tonight
0: Man, I, I tell you what, man, you can catch the Fight Card on Fight TV, who's somebody that we work with a lot with the Dynasty Combat Sports. All of our prom- promos are on there. The co-main event is actually super interesting to me also. Chris Levin, the ageless wonder, as far as I can tell. Now,
1: that is a guy who, he was <laughs> he was 21 when he went on to go to a fighter, and he, he did consume a lot of alcohol and make an asshole out of himself. So, uh, no, Chris Levin to me, uh, look, the whole Tough One cast legend. You know, it's, I mean, it's, it's, they are legends. You know, you got Diego Sanchez, Josh Koscheck, Forrest Griffin. You know, I mean, you got Stefan Bonner. You know, those, those are guys that really helped uh, take this from something that you could find on TV at 2 o'clock in the morning to uh, ABC at 2 o'clock mm-hmm. in the afternoon.
0: And you, know, and, and, you know, Ultimate Fire was a great thing in its time. It's kind of run its course. I know yeah. they're trying to get it re, relaunched, but, you know, Survivor was a good thing at one time now, too, and I think that's one of those things they still keep now, pushing out of people's throats. I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> Survivor always sucked. It was never good. Okay. All right, man. Well, hey, let's let's move on. Let's talk about tomorrow night's event. Woo! Um, tomorrow night, man, we got, man, the Sandman, Sandahagen is, is fighting on the card. We got Overeem on the card. And uh, we got uh, our old friend Clay Guida on the card, man. Yeah, Those are your dude. top three fights, man. Yeah. Um, what fight are you most looking forward to? Well, I'm, I'll start with what
1: I thought should have been the main event, which is Corey Sanhagen and Frankie Edgar. Um, you know, Frankie Edgar is one of my all-time favorite fighters. Um, he's been in the he's been in the organization for a long, long time, and he was fighting you know two weight classes up and the champion and dominating guys and and and. Uh, he owned that division for a while. Um, the reason I like Frank Eager so much is he is such a comeback fighter, you know, but you got to wonder uh, how much of that caught up with him. Mm-hmm. You know, he took some beatings from Gray Maynard that, like, change-your-life beatings, uh, and he managed to come out on top in that feud and, and keep his championship. Um, but then we saw him step in on short notice to fight the Korean Zombie, and uh, that was quick and painful. <laughs> uh, and uh, I think he's where he belongs at 135. I think that um, this is probably the right weight class for him. I think he's got enough zip and enough um, enough skill left. I don't think he's completely out of gas. Uh, and if he's able to pull off this and what I think it would be an upset, uh, then I think he has a decent chance of making a run at the – the bantamweight trap.
0: Man, it's something like I will say, you know, you see a lot of these older fighters, especially once they start getting knocked down and stuff like that, going up weight classes so they can have more water in their body yeah. and be less prone to getting knocked out. Do you think we're going to see issues like that with Frankie? He's always been a steel chin. We've never seen, you know, him ever give up. I mean, do you think that him cutting down is going to put him in more of a situation where he's, just because he's had to cut weight so much, um, is not the same Frankie that we're used to seeing? Well, he carries a smaller frame than compared
1: to a guy like Jose Aldo. So, Jose Aldo, he was a big 45-er. He had a hard time making 45 sometimes. Mm-hmm. And Jose Aldo has now gotten the right people around him and, and gotten the right game plan together. And he's made 35 a few times now. And he's looked good. Mm-hmm. You know, Other than that fight with Peter Jan where he got squashed. But I think that was just Peter Yan being Peter Yan. I don't think that was um, anything to do with the weight cut. So I, I'm assuming that Frankie Edgar, you know, he, he's a smart guy. You can't be at the top of the business uh, and make the kind of the paydays that Frankie Edgar's made and, and find the kind of success that he's had without being smart. And I'm pretty sure he's probably done it the right way. And I don't I don't think we'll see uh, Frankie Edgar miss a step tomorrow night.
0: Man, let's, uh, he's fighting against Corey the Sandman and Man, I'll never forget in Lincoln just down the street from us watching him pretty much touch his back shoulder blade with his arm and uh, end up coming back and destroying his opponent in that fight. Yeah. Um, Man, what do you expect to see from him and what kind of game plan do you see him against Frankie? Is he going to want to take him to the ground? We know Frankie's got good grappling. Where do you see this fight going? Well, I think uh, most of uh,
1: Frankie's ground game is is based on wrestling and, and being on top. Um, I haven't seen anything in any of Frankie's fights to show that he's like an elite jujitsu player. Um, we have seen that from Corey Sanhagen. Um, so if I was Corey Sanhagen's corner, um, you know, I think Frankie's the better boxer. I think he's faster. Um, and he obviously has the ability to change levels quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, and he masks that real well. Uh, if I was Corey's corner, I would say, uh, you know, get into that mid-range, start boxing him, and then get him to the ground as soon as you can. If you can put Frankie on his back, uh, that's going to that's gonna not cripple Frankie, but it's, it's going to take a couple limbs away.
0: So you don't see Corey's reach advantage being a factor in this? No, F- Frankie's so fast
1: and he's so good at taking angles. His boxing is crisp. Um, he's not a, a what you, you would call like a typical wrestler, like when he came into the game, he was a wrestler, mm. you know. He's a complete mixed martial artist now, and and his hands look good uh, in every fight. I don't see uh, the reach really playing a factor in this.
0: And you also don't see the age, Frankie's age, catching up with him fighting against a young buck. Like Man, Chris.
1: the last even against San Jun, like he he looks uh, he looks like he's having fun out there, and he looks like he's he's still in there in spirit. You know, mm. uh, a lot of times. Where we see the age factor play in, or we the old man effect, mm-hmm. or whatever, um, it's because these guys go out there and uh, it's not it's not really there anymore. It's a job. It's a paycheck. You know, Frankie wants to be the world champion again, mm-hmm. and uh, I think if he beats Sandhagen, you know, he's maybe a fight or two away from from realizing that exact thing that he could be the away champion of the world. Again.
0: Man, I'll tell you what, man. Our, our main event, we might as well call it the COVID main event. I think this fight's been scheduled yeah, three times no now. And we got Overeem versus Volkanov. Um, man, I mean, just how do you see this playing out? You got a big, lanky um, Russian in Volkanov, and then you got, you know, obviously you got the the Overeem. You know, obviously he's not ubereem anymore. You know, he's kind of always, you know, been strong and kind of built from a smaller base. He's forty. <laughs> Just wanted to put it out. Does, there. does age matter in that heavyweight? Well, you range know what? I,
1: I just threw up a four, and I threw up an O, and that's what Overeem is in his last four fights. Okay. okay. So, uh, and he's won them all by knockout. Okay. So, do I think Overeem is done as far as being competitive in MMA? No, I don't think so. See,
0: he's one of those guys who's just like, um, like Shogun. Yeah. You know, he's very quietly coming in there and winning fights that, yeah, he, that he's probably set up to lose. Yeah. Well,
1: look at the, you got Shogun, you got a guy like Glover Glover Teixeira. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? These guys have been around forever and they've done everything, and and uh, now they're they're getting set up in the mid card, and then they they win a couple fights, and all of a sudden they're headlining a fight night card, and <laughs> then they're they're one fight away from getting a shot at the strap. I mean, you know, here's the thing. Um, I think uh, Overeem probably has a better chance, if I was to put the two old men against each other, okay? Mm-hmm. Who's got a better shot, Frankie Edgar or Alexander Overeem? I'm gonna go with Alexander Overeem, has the better shot here. Um, look, his last loss was to uh, Rosenstrike. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was winning that fight for 14 minutes and 52 <laughs> seconds and then Rosenstrike <laughs> slept his ass. Right. You know, that happens. Um, and Rosen strikes a killer.
0: You know, it's super. It's super weird to me thinking about how much the same the co-main event, event and the main event are. You have two younger guys yeah. that come in there, much taller, much lankier. Mm-hmm. You know, fighting against older guys who are known for their striking and their knockout ability.
1: Yeah, but you also the two older guys are tougher than a two dollar stake, man. Right. You know, uh, those guys are guys that have weathered it. They've seen it. You know, they've, they, you know, uh, Alexander's Overeem, excuse me, Alistair Overeem's uh, professional debut was in 1999. You're talking about 22 years ago, okay? That guy has seen it all. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't see uh, Volkanov throwing anything at him that Overeem has never seen, felt.
0: I don't know, I I, I think that you might see the... uh... The old Big Brother move that just put his hand on his forehead and just watch him strike, swing at him. Yeah,
1: yeah, man. Yeah, I could definitely see a noogie in there or something. You know, a wedgie maybe. But uh, no, I think Overeem's gonna go in there. I think he's gonna take his time. Um, we've seen Volkanov get knocked out before. Um, you know, not that he has a bad chin or anything that, like that, but uh, it does kind of pull the curtain down on that. Mm-hmm. That cloak of invincibility, especially amongst heavyweights, man, it takes one, Mm -hmm. you know, and if if I had to put one Alistair Overeem versus one Alexander Volkanovs, I'm,
0: I'm going to go with uh, the Reem. So how is, how do you, uh, how do you expect to see Overeem combat the huge reach advantage, the huge size advantage between the two of them?
1: Man, he's, he's not going to go inside I, I see him just standing at mid-range. You know, so you got three ranges in fighting. You got the outside, you got the inside, you got the mid-range. Mid-range, mm-hmm. both guys can hit each other, okay? If if Overan can get to that mid-range and just keep it, you know, or at least that's where, when he does get to the mid-range, he's doing damage, Mm-hmm. then Overeem's got a really good chance of just kind of shutting down that reach advantage.
0: Well, and we've seen Volkanov, especially effective with the leg kicks, to, to keep that distance. Yeah, but have you seen Alistair Overeem's legs? <laughs> it's like <laughs> kicking
1: the legs of a Brontosaurus. They're easy to kick, then. <laughs> yeah, well, that's fine. <laughs> but I don't know that you're going to do much to those suckers. Do
0: you see him kind of just walking through those leg kicks and when he's trying to stab that distance? I'm
1: thinking that he can... Look, leg kicks add up. Mm-hmm. You know, someone my size could kick someone Alexander Overeem or Alistair so I keep calling him Alexander. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dutchman. Uh, uh, someone my size could kick Overeem's leg 10 times and it would hurt, you know. Uh, will he feel it? Yeah, do I think that... Uh, Overeem, look, he comes from a Dutch kickboxing background. He will check kicks. Mm. And the ones that he eats, it's going to be like trying to cut a red oak down with a pair of toenail clippers. You know what I'm saying? It's not, um, he can, I think he can weather the leg like, kicks of, of Volkanov. So what do you think is the deciding factor in that fight? Man, if Alexander Odrin can get off, you know, he's he's gotta, like I said, he's when he's in the right range, when he hits that mid range, he's gotta be throwing three piece, four piece bombs. You know, and I, I don't mean just swinging for the heavens. I mean, Putting together some combinations with an exclamation point at the end. Uh, if he does that, he's going to back Volkanov up. Um, Volkanov doesn't have. Look, he's tall, lanky, he's gangly. He doesn't have the best footwork in the world. You know, um, I think Overeem can can really do some damage if he finds that range and keeps it. And if he finds that when he finds that range, if uh, he can get off.
0: Okay, well you know what? Let's let's talk about I think what's probably the most overlooked fight on this card. Sure. Okay. Michael Johnson versus yeah, I
1: forgot it was even on a card.
0: Michael Johnson versus Clay Guida. Yeah. Clay Guida, as far as I'm concerned, is the biggest fish in a small pond. And I mean quite literally because he trains up there team alpha mouth all those little guys. Sure. <laughs> um I mean, man, I mean this I I feel like, you know, we talked about this earlier. You're like, I didn't I that's I not on this card. About it, dude. Um Man, I love watching Clay Guida fight he's not necessarily exciting, but he always puts on a show. Well, and it's, you, the,
1: you're right. He's not always exciting, but uh, and he's ugly as hell. But he puts on a pace that like, it's hard to keep up with, and it's fun to watch as a fight fan. Mm-hmm. You know, he transitions well on the ground. Uh, he does. He, he will stand toe-to-toe and bang with you, but he does like to go for the takedown and beat you up on the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Johnson's a good wrestler with good
0: boxing. Michael you know? Johnson, you know, from what I can so remember of his fights, underrated. He, he loves to wrestle, but he only really boxes. I mean, he, Yeah. That, he that's, that's kind of what bring. I see from him is he, he, likes, likes to like, he likes to throw that overhand.
1: Yeah, man. And people overlook the fact, like, when Michael Johnson was his prime, look, he beat Tony Ferguson. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He's beat some freaking beasts. You know, Michael Johnson in his prime was tough. I saw a thing the other day, um, Ali however the hell you say. Yeah, however the hell you he say his last name. He was so they were talking about uh Justin Gaethje getting offered uh Chandler. And uh Ali came out and said that he thought that uh Michael Chandler right now is not as impressive as Michael Johnson was in his prime. You know? Um and I What the hell does first, that mean? Well well, I guess what he's trying to say is <laughs> So Justin Gaethje came into the UFC mm-hmm. and fought Michael Johnson,
0: Right, and it was a fight of the year. And Gaethje almost kind of, got knocked out, but yeah, ended up walking through it and right. that fight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, uh, he was
1: just saying, what what does uh, Justin Gaethje beat in a one win in the UFC Michael Chandler, you know, have to, you know, like Michael Johnson was a bigger prospect coming in, you know, like right. he was a bigger challenge coming in. So I guess that's the point he was trying to make. And at mm-hmm. first I was like, this is absurd. And then I went back and I kind of looked at a few things. And I was like, I can't say that I completely disagree <laughs> with that guy. I don't like that guy. Right. But I can't say that I disagree with him. Uh, Michael Johnson is a very like underrated... As far as his career goes, fighter, I don't think he's ever going to be a title challenger. Yeah, he's
0: always been one of those guys that kind of just hovers there in that top fifteen, really never yeah, kind of goes man. above that. But yeah, uh, and he puts on fight, exciting
1: yeah. fights, and and he cashes his check and he lives his life. And I hope we keep seeing Michael Johnson fights, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, and I think Clay Guida is a great uh, a great dancing partner.
0: All right, man. Well, let's go through. Let's let's. Who are you picking in Guida versus Johnson? Johnson. Who are you picking in Hagen versus? Um, Frankie. Sandman. And who are you picking in the main event? The ream. The ream. Okay. and your One last one. How many cuts does Van Zandt walk out with on her face? Oh, man. Um, over-under. Let's go over-under here.
1: Okay. I'm going to say more than six and then two on the inside of her thigh after she loses. <laughs> oh, jeez. That was dark. <laughs> that was dark. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, I don't see her coming out of that thing looking too good, man. I, uh, I will uh,
0: unfollow her on Instagram. <laughs> there's just nothing else to look at. <laughs> Alright guys, thanks for tuning in to Cage Chaos. We will try to be back next week. Gucci gang.